Hi, guys. It's Lana Turner. You're listening to the Perfect 10 podcast. Um, I'm so glad to be here today. I'm sitting across from a beautiful woman who I just met recently, Christina Blackburn. And I'm I'm so inspired by you. Like, Oh, that's so nice. No, I, I really, I love having <laughs> strong, interesting women that are like confident. And I mean... I don't know. We were talking when you walked in here about Sally Mullins. Oh, I love Sally. Who is also just like this awesome, crazy, fun woman. Yeah, she cracks me up. She's such a good guest on the show. (laughs) She really is. She keeps people really tuned in. And you never know what she's going to say. And it's all funny and And smart. Yeah, it's all smart. And it's also unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I like how she's all like super secure in her sexuality too. she really like, is yeah she's a great guest i need to get her on Storyworthy. i've asked her before and i think i asked her if she was on facebook and she said no i don't think she does facebook i don't know i mean she i've tagged her on social media with stuff but, okay but yeah i on mean twitter she's on twitter yeah okay. yeah i guess anywhere she can really successfully post photos right <laughs> which we are all guilty of maybe she's on instagram too I'll she is check. oh good she good. is i'll look for her and she's a great guest she's been on here a couple times she's like a regular now mm-hmm. that's nice yeah oh my god no i she would have a great story for you because your podcast is called Storyworthy. Storyworthy, yeah, yeah and it's true stories uh brought from Hollywood's most interesting talents. So it's mostly comedians. So that's how I started the show was with comedians. And I started in July of 2010. So it's been going almost seven years. But then I've also expanded out to writers and actors. But but comedians primarily, I find they tell the most interesting stories and they use the least amount of words to get their message across. <laughs> right. Well, so they understand brevity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's kind of an art in stand up that you learn over time is how to get to the punchline, right? Exactly. Exactly. And they don't start the story, you know. You ever hear the example of somebody says, like, uh, oh, 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 you know, what'd you like about the book? And you say, oh, I love this book. The first 20 pages were a little slow, but then it really picked up. It was a great book. And then you want to say to the author, well, then don't write the first 20 pages. Right. Well, it's the same thing with storytelling. A lot of people take a long time to ramp up to what we really want to hear. And the way you can tell when a story should begin is when the person you're telling the story to, all of a sudden they lift their eyes up like, oh, sorry, what? Yeah, now it's interesting. That's when the story should start. So whatever you said before, dump it. Well, there's also something to be said for comedians just being super interesting. Yeah. Like it just seems whenever, you know, when you're hanging out at a club, immediately when you meet another comic, there's limited bullshit. Like when you just kind of cut through it, right? Like you and I, you walked up here today. We just immediately started talking. There was no bullshit. Like we're just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And we got it. There's an intuition that just cuts through. And there's an honesty. And also comedians can cut through and see through anybody too. So you can really tell um, somebody who is not being authentic. Are you able to cut through bullshit when you meet somebody? You can see through it? Yeah, I'm really good at it. I don't know if that's a comedic instinct because I feel like I'm not... That, I don't know. I don't know, but I question my own ability to. So you think you've been taken advantage of, or? Oh yeah, I see. Uh, maybe I maybe I just I, I try and see the best. I'm I'm really guilty of painting the red flags white. Like I'll see the flaws, but I'm like, no, they're probably not Interesting. really flawed. Now give me an example. Is that with a personal relationship or with something a manager or an agent would tell you? Um, pretty much with anything. I just I I want to trust people. I really do. It's like a blind trust, and 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 it, I just seem to continually walk back into it. Well, no, but like okay, when it comes to like doctors and even cops and certain types of authority, like I oh. I like to look to that, and I I, I want to trust it. I want to believe it because it makes me feel safe. So I'm not saying that that 
bullshit I can cut through because right. I want it to be so. But I'm talking about personal people like that you meet in LA, mm-hmm. comedians and whoever you meet in LA, those people I can see right through. <laughs> so that's where I fall short because I always want to believe in the best in them and then I inevitably oh, no. Don't like, do that, honey. Don't do <laughs> I know. That's You'll hard. You'll get disappointed. Yeah. And that's sort of my thing. Although I have met so many wonderful people and yeah. I, I try to keep to that, that people are... There's so many interesting people out here. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fascinating. And so much talent. Yeah. I'm, and there's room for everybody. That's for sure. There's room for everybody. Who couldn't... Who doesn't want more entertainment? You know, who wants to put a lid on that? <laughs> right? Well, no, and there's, I mean, are you from, where are you from? I'm from Pitts- said- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Right. So when you come out to LA, it's just wonderful. How long you've been here a while? It'll be 20 years in August. Right. So, so I, yeah, I love living here. And I've always lived within the same four blocks in Los Feliz um, with House of Pies being command central. That's really <laughs> where it all has to stem from. And then I've lived uh, right around there for almost 20 years. Why yeah. House of Pies? Is that? Well, I'm just kidding. But it's w- what spot? the reason is, is uh, Griffith Park. And I play tennis. I play a lot of tennis. And the courts are right there. You have to come with me. I have a t- I, We go to a tennis club. We have to come Which in. one? Mulholland? Oh, yeah. That's nice. I've never been there, actually. But I've heard it's nice. Oh, I'm taking you. I'd love to go. Yeah. I'd l- do you play? Well, I I can hit a ball with a racket. Oh, do I man. play? No. I'm, I'm not good. I'll go in a minute with you. I'd love that. Okay. You know who I saw the other day on the uh, courts was Kirk Fox. Really? Yeah, he plays. He's a great player. Did you did you play him or did you no, just no, see no. him? No, no, no. He was just uh, beside me on the court. And I said, I said, Kirk Fox, because he's been on Story Worthy. He, and at first, I think he thought I was like a fan. I'm like, <laughs> no, dude. It's just Christine from Story Worthy. Oh, hey, man. It's fun to see him. <laughs> I always think that's really funny when you see somebody and you're like, no. It, and they're they're kind of hoping that you're recognizing them. <laughs> right. Right. They're like, oh, I actually know you. Yeah. You're not a fan. Oh, my ego. <laughs> you could actually play tennis with him. Yeah. He's good. I don't know if I could play. Well, I, I, would, I could play with Kirk. I just don't know if I would, you know, how much, how well I would do. You know who also plays is Michael Costa. Oh. And, and he was actually a professional tennis player. He was ranked, I think it was like 734th in the world. But But he was ranked. I think they rank up to 800. Oh, well, he made it in. Right. So, Michael, yeah, he's a comic at the store as well. And and you play out at Griffith Park? That's where I you I play go? primarily at Griffith Park. Yeah, but I play, you know, wherever. I'll certainly come to Mulholland. No worries. <laughs> come, please. It's so fun. I know. I, I, I mostly do it for my children because oh. it's, it's so close to where we are and everything. And so, so they play? Yes. Good. I have my son on the team and my daughter is trying to get on the team. She's not quite up to speed yet. That's wonderful. And, you know, actually, my daughter plays as well. She's 10. And they say that there are tennis scholarships to be given, especially to females in elementary schools, or excuse me, in middle schools and in, in high schools here in Los Angeles. So don't think that's not in the like back to, of my mind. Really? For, you know, to get into one of the private schools that are usually twenty five, thirty five thousand a year. Tennis scholarship. That's just from me to you. Oh. <laughs> and everyone who's listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your audience is full of uh, full of moms with 10-year-olds. But, well, maybe they had. Maybe well, No, I mean, that's that's a good to know. I just feel like them having a great exposure. And so I, I'm, she's not ready for the team, though. She's yeah. she's getting there. But yeah. obviously, if you play, you can really help her. Well, know? of course, she doesn't want to listen to anything I have to say. But but we get out there, and it's it's super fun. It's it's a great sport. It's a great sport for anybody and at any age. And in California, since the courts are always available and the weather's always good, it's practically a free sport. That's true. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. I'm just not very good at it, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I was thinking when you said you've been in LA for 20 years and that you're playing tennis, I was like, well, you're 
totally hot like your body's amazing you got a total <laughs> no i mean you're an la you're la hottie and Aww. it's tennis like how you stay in shape is that one of the i main play ways? tennis and i work out i go to the gym at least three days a week sometimes four days, four days a week five days a week at least three you know i've got to do three and um and tennis so and i i don't do a lot of um <laughs> nobody cares who cares well i'll tell you anyway i don't have to do a lot of cardio at the gym because i'm running around all day working on my show but also with my daughter and just I have a high metabolism so I don't really have to do so much cardio but uh I do do a lot of weights which yeah I really enjoy well weights are, are I do a lot of weightlifting too. yeah I can tell that's great yeah no I I work out almost every at least five days a week usually wow no kidding yeah that's fantastic do you yeah. use do a gym or where do you work out um that's kind of a long story but I do in a in a gym with a, like group personal fitness with a, a, a couple of other moms and people that I know and we I get never together. felt coordinated to do group things like I I remember when I was younger like jazz aerobics was in or something <laughs> or there was something about a block and you would step up on this block. oh yeah oh, I remember class. those I think they called it step class what happened to step classes those I couldn't do that for anything i would twist my ankle fall off that block i just wanted to kick it i wanted to throw it across i was gonna throw that block across the room nobody does those anymore do they it was absurd i I could never do routines i could never (laughs) follow that sort of choreography i I wonder if it was just like if they realized that that's not a good workout or it's just the trend of the time like what's the current trend hot yoga like what is the or burpees burpees and squats is that wow i haven't heard that what burpees, burpees and, no i haven't heard that oh you don't know though like no, when you jump okay you jump up and and lay on your on your stomach like basically like you're going to do a push-up right and then you stand up and you jump and then you go back down oh I and see, up and yeah. down and then so we do this thing called the 300 where you do 100 squats 100 burpees 100 push-ups whoa and but you do them in increments so you start you at 10 serious? and go down to one or one and up to 10 and down to one so it ends up being 100 really yeah i can't do you full do, push-ups you but do, i was gonna say push-ups no. i honestly could not do two or three push-ups i don't think it's very difficult for me full full on no my knees are down yeah it's a different thing knee, i do them on my knees and then as i and i also do um adjusted push-ups because i by the you, i cannot do 100 push-ups i might be able to do the a, yeah. a series of them correctly on my knees but then i'll do these ones where i like lean forward so it's more like trying to get my head closer to the sure, ground. sure sure yeah and that also i think gives you more of a um like a, a toning a, like a whole body core workout to do those sorts of um Instead of it just being all the pressure on your biceps and your arms, mm-hmm. it gives you more of a, like your, your whole, abdomen. Your whole yeah. tor- torso is kind of at work. Right. But I can't, I can't do self-guided fitness. Like I, if, if I went to a gym, like at the club, for example, there's a gym, I never go in there because it would mean that I'd be on a piece of equipment just do like for an hour or whatever. Right. I can't. And I, that's all I do. That's so funny. And I, I, I listen to podcasts. Uh-huh. I listen to podcasts all day long. I have I listened to probably twenty five shows, and um, so my earbuds are in, and I go in, and I hit it, and I quit it, and I say hi to the girl at the desk, I say hi to the cleaning guy, and it's like my blinders are on. I don't see anything else but what I'm with the the, the 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 workout equipment I'm on. See, I, I've, what what is your choice workout? Do you just vary it up? Like a, this has been exercise talk with yeah. Lana and Christine. Oh, really? Well, because this is important because what we're getting to next is how ridiculously hot you are in these photos. Uh, ha, ha, so ha. it's important to, to I know if, at this point people are like tuned out because they're, but trust me guys, we're getting to the sexy shit because I was talking, eventually we get to dick or whatever, or pussy. I, I think. <laughs> it's always inevitable. With yeah, you have to suffer through workout talk first. Yeah, well, we want to figure out because I mean, you Here's said you're, what it is. you're 50, right? I'm 51. 
51. 51. And I mean, guys, you got to look her up. Christina Aww, Blackburn. You're she's so nice. Hot 50. Like, totally. That's so sweet of you. Wow. No, it's, I'm going to hang out true. here more often. <laughs> you, know, you know you're hot. I think that the most important thing to do, or at least for me, and everybody's body is different, obviously, is to get a trainer at some point in your life and let them show you how to do it. Because it's, it's, it's hard. It, it's hard to understand what you're working on, how to isolate muscles. So I had a trainer at one several points in my life I've had trainers now I haven't had one in like five years but I know now I get it so I know what to do so for me personally it's all about leg presses I'm on the leg press machine at least 25 minutes and wow different types of leg presses right so there's a lot like forward 10 apart 10 and meanwhile and you're listening 10, to podcasts all the time right so then I do those so I do 30 of each so maybe that's 90 wow leg pre- right and then I go to the um where you're where you're working on your hamstrings and your and your um, quads, right? You're bending, you're like bending up the, and down, and yeah. that's two different. That's two, two different exercises. And then I do the adductor, induct, ad, abductor, inductor. What's right? Well, your legs, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're spreading open, you're spreading and your legs, bringing open them and closed. closed. Right? Ab- abductor, adductor. Yeah. that's and always that a fun one because you're just spreading your legs. So it's, I know it feels good, man. It feels really good to just stretch out your legs like right. that. Right. And have that weight on the mat. If anybody's work. watching you, you're like, hello. <laughs> okay, and so I'm in the leg room like for at least 30 minutes, for 35 minutes. That's my that's my primary thing. And then I do a lot of um, like the rowing machine and chest presses. I love chest presses. And then I stand on my head at least 20 minutes a day, whether I'm in the like gym a hand, or not. Like a headstand. Headstands. I do headstands every day at least 20 minutes. I do handstands. I used to do handstands, but it hurt my back. How do you do handstands? Like on a wall? On a or, wall. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do that, but it really hurt my back. So now I'm to headstands. I would think a headstand would hurt more than a handstand. Isn't that funny? And, and everybody's different. You just, everybody gets used to their own groove. Yeah. I have to try a headstand. I haven't, I'd yeah. be, I haven't tried a headstand. It just seems like it would, uh, that'd be harder. No, but. for me, it's super comfortable and it, it's a complete meditation. I close my eyes. I can, cl- I can almost fall asleep I can almost fall asleep standing on my head I can I can have no hands I can tweet on my head easily so that's a total body workout too I mean you're it, well do I, you do it against a wall or are you no, just no sitting? no just anywhere I could do I could do oh, this that's amazing you know I went on stage one time told a whole story at iOS standing on my head that's so cool standing ovation thank you very much you know, um, <laughs> I've been standing over. So people stood up for you for standing on your head. That's right. I almost, I was laughing so hard. That was so hard to stay on my head because it was laughing, 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 laughing. I that, couldn't stop laughing because it was That ridiculous. should be your thing. You should like. <laughs> stand on my head. Go around the always, always, I think they do that. It's called Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. It? Like comedy. Yeah. Lane, you could, there's another comedian that sometimes she, at the end of her act, at least she used to, Lane Parker, hmm. does a handstand on a, on a, on the bar stool oh, yeah. on stage. I don't know if you've ever seen oh, yeah, Lang do yeah. that. Uh, Joe Rogan does that. Joe Rogan does he that. He does? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. He does a handstand on the bar stool when he's talking about the, the Kardashians and the, like the succubus and... Well, anyway. Really? I haven't yeah. seen him do it. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. So he's I, so strong. He's, he's in such incredible shape. Right. Joe Rogan. He's just like... He's just a machine. His body is just like no fat whatsoever. Oh, no. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, like that's that's a whole nother like beast right there right yeah yeah i've never seen him do a handstand or headstand on stage yeah, like he, that he puts his hands under the bar stool like you know grabs the stool and just uh-huh. flip, straight up i oh, bet i could crazy. do it i could do it i bet you could i need a spotter but then I'm like, <laughs> can you imagine if it goes like horribly wrong on can stage? i get two spotters in here if, I, if anybody could come up so there should be a whole night of comedy it's just comics performing standing from on like, your head yeah yeah circus oh comedy or whatever <laughs> com- yeah com- yeah comedy yeah 
Some, we'll figure it out. Comedy on your head. Something yeah. about that. <laughs> I think that's a pretty interesting idea, actually. I don't know. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to sustain that long. But um, yeah, you'll be on a head. You'll be you'll be in the on the back of the wall with, on a in a oh, handstand. In a handstand. Somebody has to on hold the, the mic, wall. and yeah. then when we just talk. Oh, we'll get you a love. Okay, don't worry. All right, guys, problem. we're gonna do this show. Do you? Um, but okay, so like. What, like I said, what kind of spawned the whole workout conversation? Because you're in, you're 51, which is hard to believe, and it you're in such great shape. And you said you turned 50, and you showed me this this picture, yeah, which is incredible. You <sighs> okay? So when I turned 50, I wanted to do something kind of big and splashy, just something a little bit, um, you know, un- unusual or just something. And I was dating a guy at the time who had a Harley. Is this the guy in the photo? Yeah. He's your boyfriend at the no, time? No, no, at the time. I'm not, not anymore, but he was. And um, we were on his bike one day, and we, we would ride on his bike every weekend, four, five, six hours a weekend, all the time. How fun? Like up the PCH and stuff? Uh, yeah. On, he lived on PCH, right? Or lives there and uh, into the canyons. Yeah. All through Malibu Canyon, Topanga Canyon. There's a whole Cornell. culture of people. It looks like exactly. so much There's fun to do that. a whole culture of people. There sure are. Absolutely. So anyway, Beautiful. we would be biking in all the time time and I just thought was thinking about what can I do for my birthday and then I started thinking about um Richard Branson you know the mogul in England he has uh, a series of shots with a naked girl on his back like him water skiing with a naked girl on his back him on a horse with a naked girl and I'm not even sure how many of these photos he has but I just remember seeing a few and it just stuck with me and maybe now I make them up in my mind and he never did them at all. But the point is... <laughs> just your fantasy it, it was of just, It was just so whimsical and funny, right? So it wasn't like a sexy thing. It was just like, I'm so fucking rich. I have naked models just <laughs> hanging on my back. You know, this is, just, this is how this I is roll. This is why I can... Look at what I can do. Super funny, right? Yeah, so that's that, brilliant. So that was my thought was, what if I'm on the motorcycle naked? So it's kind of the switch, right? It's the reverse. Like, I'm the one you know, kind of having the good time and and my friend is just driving the bike. So anyway, I had this idea and I asked my friend if he wanted to do it. He said yes. I got a photographer. I got a a makeup wardrobe girl slash no wardrobe. (laughs) Well, you're wearing a scarf, it looks like. I'm wearing a scarf. And it was so funny, my my friend at the time. Did you really have a wardrobe person? Well, yeah, I mean, makeup, wardrobe, somebody to help me, you know, just to help me. Make the look complete. Yeah, in other words, you can't ever do a photo shoot without another set of eyes. Right. And the photographer is not going to be able to do those sorts of aesthetics. I mean, they have to worry about the the com- composition. So you definitely need somebody with you, makeup, wardrobe, just somebody with a set of eyes and looking at you, you know, look, you got something in your eye or you're going to move your hair or you got to move your scarf. But um, it was funny that day, my friend riding the bike, driving the bike, he said to me, um, so you're, you're going to wear like a, a thong or what? And I go, what do you think? I'm a slut? No, I'm not going to wear a thong. <laughs> no, I'm not naked, nude, of course. Yeah, so the thong would have been a total interruption in the whole concept make, it would of make it. make no sense, yeah. Yeah, no, I... So that's what we came out of it. We've got about maybe 200 pictures, and um, that's the hero shot. Well, this one's perfect because you're not really seeing any of the right. any of the bits. Again, it's not about yeah, it's not about the naughty bits. It's about the spirit of the shot. It's not about sex. It's about you know what? I'm 50 years old. Fuck all yin's guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just about. So what I ended up doing is, um, I ended up ironically selling that picture to AARP uh, because you know. When you're 50 years old, that's when you join AARP or when you're eligible. Okay. So AARP, well, I pitched it to them. Doesn't that just show them crazy that that's... Uh, I'm over it, man. <laughs> I'm over it. I know, I know people in their 60s that are 
less mature than people in their oh, 20s. Oh, without a doubt. I know people in their 20s that are more mature than people in their 70s. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a mixed up world. Age just doesn't... Age is really a mindset. I believe that for I think sure. So. so anyway, AARP, um, I pitched them the photo and they bought it from me in the context of this article called The Survivor Chronicles. So basically talking about my life over the last 50 years in a series of 10 photos, starting from when I'm a child, when I was five. And the first photo I think was called... Um, I survived the birth order because I was the youngest of six. Oh. And then the next photo, I was seven. You know, I survived third grade um, and what happened to me then. So under each picture is a caption of how I survived. And then it goes to I was 15, how I survived being raped. So that was kind of like, uh-oh, you know, there's like a bump. That's not good, but I survived. And then I'm 21. I survived being a flight attendant. And then 25, I survived my ex-husband getting another girl pregnant. Right. Then... I survived going to the Peace Corps, and then I survived cancer. So all of these different moments in my life are highlighted in the Survivor Chronicles. Uh, so like, like I said, 10 pictures, 10, 10 captions. The last one being that this is 50. You know, I'm 50 years old, and you know what? I've done all this stuff in my life, and why not just take all my clothes off and ride through the hills and, you know, let's just, let's just have some fun here. So it's just kind of a, a retrospect looking back over my entire life. And it's prompted a lot of people to do the same sort of um, um, photo montage of their life, right? So if you're 40, if you're 50, take a look back. Take just 10 photos that really depict different areas of your life, whether it was, you know, school, family, marriage, divorce, kids, whatever it is, and, um, you know, and put them in some sort of a photo montage. So it got a lot of attention. Excuse me, but before I sold it to AARP, the night it was supposed to go up in AARP magazine, they emailed me and pulled out. Why? AARP, they said, oh, sorry, Christine, there's been a snafu. We're not going to be able to print the Survivor Chronicles after all. You'll still get paid. Because of the naked photo? Because of the naked photo. That would upset their, their... I guess so, which is crazy because the whole idea is that, you know, I'm their next audience. You know, the AARP audience now is all going to be dead in 20 years. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I'm so the one. Funny. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the look. Yeah. And this is this is the next AARP. Yes. So to me, they should well, be feeding into this. And anyway. those people who are in going to be dead in 20 years would benefit but from so seeing it out. this. So check it out. So that, But they paid me, and they paid me $800. And the photographer, by the way, was 750 And I bought everybody lunch that day. That was 50 So, so you now, made back your money. So now we're at a wash, right? And then... I am a blogger for the Huffington Post, so I just put it up there. But see, I don't get paid at the Huffington Post. So I was obviously trying to get money first. Mm-hmm. But I put it up in the Huffington Post, and you can see it there now. And then I got a lot of responses, a whole, whole lot of um, comments, really funny, funny shit, really crazy stuff, but also very, very funny. And from that, I subsequently wrote another article called Everyone has an opinion. And it talks about these people's comments, which were nuts, hundreds of comments. So it was it was um, a funny experience, and that's how I, that's how I celebrated. What were 50. some of the reactions? Like, well, a lot of people, you know, talking about Isadora Duncan, uh, the dancer and actress from 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 Paris, who died at fifty years old. She had been wearing a scarf. In the, she wasn't naked, but she was wearing a scarf in a... She wasn't on a motorcycle either. She was car. like in a sidecar. Right. And she was and, decapitated. Right. Well, she wasn't decapitated. She was yanked out of the car because she had on a silk scarf. And silk scarf, specifically silk, you just can't break it. And the scarf went underneath the wheel of the sidecar. She yeah. got pulled out of the car very fast and violently. And she was like, boom, dead. Just, boom, 
very quickly. But she had a tremendously interesting story. Her whole life is fascinating. I read this big book on her. She had her two children drown in the Seine River. Her, um, their babysitter was watching them. They got a flat tire. At the same time? At the same time. The car, oh the babysitter or the nanny gets out of the car to go to back to the, the tire. And the car rolls into the Seine River and the children drown. Oh, my God. Yeah, this woman, Isadora Duncan, had a hell of a hell of a life. Anyway, oh. so then she dies with the scarf. So, so a lot people of people were upset seeing a scarf around her Oh, neck. yeah, they couldn't take that. Nobody nobody wanted to see that scarf. <laughs> a lot of people, you know. And then a lot of people like, you know, you know, this is how you need to get attention. You know, you take all your clothes off. What's up with you, Hollywood liberals? And People get people angry are, when you... People get so angry. It's so funny. That's kind of the point. Yeah. I mean, if somebody's going to get angry because you've gone there that you know that's kind of good and i made my point right yeah yeah so it was, it was it was you know all in all really funny experience i tried to sell the photo to harley davidson but uh they didn't want it unfortunately sometimes i, I sometimes i felt i still think about it i think maybe they'll pick it up someday so it's a great shot because it's just the spirit it is the spirit of harley and harley drivers are all older they're all in their 50s and 60s because their harleys are more expensive you know so uh i think it's a i think it'd be a great ad for those guys I feel like they're all about those like leather vests. <laughs> so they'd be like, "Well, if you put a leather vest on, yeah, <laughs> we need more, yeah, more, uh, more rivets and like spike heels, <laughs> more spikes, bigger no, hair, bigger hair." I what I found so fascinating hearing your story is that like to markate the hard times in your life because and celebrate them mm. because oftentimes you just kind of want to sweep those under the carpet and move forward and focus in on other things, but heading them or facing them head on mm-hmm. that's very challenging and empowering well it's good for people to realize like you're gonna be disappointed so many times man it's just it's it's just never you never like really arrive and then everything's fine because even if in your you're in your dream house and you know you got your dream car and the refrigerator's full of food and you could do anything and all the clothes you want you might not be getting along with your sister or Trump is still fucking president. I mean, there's like a lot. There's just always going to be something. So we have to just kind of like keep moving forward and acknowledge, like you said, just acknowledge that there's going to be setbacks. Well, it's amazing. I have the personal experience of knowing somebody who got everything in his life that he ever possibly could have wanted and then couldn't deal with it. Wow. People don't even know what they have sometimes when they have it, you know? So think about the Menendez brothers. Right. Right? Yeah. It's just so crazy. It's so out of touch how that people could be in so delusional to think that, you know, this isn't enough. All this money, all this, all this wealth. Well, you're, you're, you just kind of like skirted over. You're like, yeah, I got raped and I had cancer. And then, I mean, I, and I'm just sitting here going, oh my God. I know, it's, I know, right? But once, you know, you're 50, <laughs> 51, you, I don't know, you kind of look back and you can kind of compartmentalize it. What can I tell, what can I tell you? These things happen. Some people can't actually. Some people live their whole lives surrounded like around the trauma of having been raped yeah or whatever like it's yeah it's i'm sure that's very real yeah yeah i'm i am too it's really hard so maybe everybody on some level needs to like you said go through your life pick point those moments and then get naked yeah take a photo <laughs> yeah how yeah. Do, in comedy having a naked photo of yourself on the internet how has that affected things at all if any nobody cares man i'm I, old so I think- lana nobody cares <laughs> honestly i get like it's so funny being my age like just getting looked past now it's just so funny it's okay it's all good don't don't get me wrong when i when i was 31 i had cancer 
and I had to go through chemo. What kind chemo. of cancer did it you It was have? in my kidney. It was called a Wilms tumor. Very, very rare. Extremely rare. Like, it's called an adult Wilms tumor. I was like the 20th. How did you detect it? 27th person ever to have it. Like what? That, yeah, I know. I know. And 14 27 people, people have pro- had what I had. Yeah. Oh my 14 God. died. And I was on the winning side. <laughs> yeah, it's super rare. When urologists meet me, and if I tell them that, they don't believe me. No, no, that's not what you had. Yeah, that's what I had. How did like you even find it? Um, I was in the Peace Corps at the time, and I had a really uh, terrible backache and an extremely high fever. And where I was in Tonga, they don't have um, electricity. How long were you in Tonga? Was it two years? Well, it's supposed to be for two years, but I was only there three months and got sick. And then they had to medevac me out, and I thought it was just, you know, a fever, and, you know, get some pills. It could have been some back. sort of disease you picked up there. Dengue fever, right. Yeah, which we, is terrifying, too. Right, we didn't know. Nobody knew what was going on because they didn't have the equipment to tell, you know. And um, they did have a sonogram machine in Tonga that the Japanese had lent them, but they didn't have any film or any way to, to show the image. So they, they knew something was in my kidney, but they couldn't, they couldn't, Anyway, they, you know, when I did a urine sample, it was like in a coffee cup. Right. There was no, there was no. You're in Tonga. There was no running water in the in right. the hospital. Right. So anyway, um, so they flew me to Hawaii, and then boom, you know, I, they did a CT scan and a blood test, and they're like, "Well, you got a huge tumor in your kidney." So it had been there for a really long they time. They have no idea. And you were so young. They have no idea, right? But they, I had had this huge physical to get into the Peace Corps, and you know, they had. So if there had been a pre-existing condition, nobody possibly knew about it. Obviously, you wouldn't go to the Peace Corps if you knew you had a big tumor in you. So it was bigger than a golf ball. Jeez. So they had to take the tumor. Yeah, it was crazy. Went through chemo. And what I was going to say is I lost all my hair. And it was really interesting to lose all my hair. And 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 how old did you say you were? You were 30, 31. 31 years old. And I lost, um, you know, so then all of a sudden, yeah, you know, I am more than unattractive i'm sick you know and i'm not looking good and to see the way people look at you and didn't look at me and look at me you know what i mean like it's just funny well to to, so So now it's the first time in your life you experience i mean because yeah that was the first time in my life i didn't i didn't feel like oh i wasn't attractive at all but my point is now i i feel like that all the time because this is hollywood and everybody's so goddamn beautiful out here and so you know when i get i feel like i get looked right past because obviously you know i'm not 30 20 well the a there's a lot of ageism but you're beautiful a lot of ages there's um you're sweet oh it's true i mean i can relate to the attractive and attractive thing because as a child i didn't feel attractive mm-hmm. i i was like i i was the stinky smelly girl so through junior high i was kind of i don't i, I had like armpit hair and bo and braces and i was just a mess yeah so i always kind of feel like i'm still that little girl on where did some you level. grow up lana in texas mm-hmm. well canada and then texas but you at have that no point, accent you have no no discernible not accent. really i feel like i'm more canadian than hmm. texan in my in my being yeah well you're just saying that because trump is president now and <laughs> yeah. you rather give credit yeah well i i feel i'm 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 so la that i hate myself yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like you're like that too you wear like leather pants to the pta meetings and stuff right <laughs> like we are la uh, which, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know i i usually honestly i wear workout clothes every day that's la oh okay that is so <laughs> that's, not, that's not leather pants though yeah but i mean come on it's, well, it's so, work i wear i wear a tennis skirt and high socks do you ever day. do you ever stop at a juice bar 
Uh, not really. <laughs> sometimes. Not really. Sometimes. For, you ever buy the like $8 juice? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> That's so LA. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. I love that stuff. It's I just, I can't do it all the time. But well, I love Especially there's a lot of sugar in those juices. Too much, right? A lot of sugar. Yeah. No. And no, see? Speaking of which, I gave you those Girl Scout cookies. No, I know. You Did you just share give them those to me to get them out of your house? With your children. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Well, I've bought now like, and I do this every year. I've bought like probably 15 boxes because I give them as gifts. Is your daughter in the Girl Scouts? She's a Girl Scout. Yeah, no, no, she's not. No, she's not. <laughs> oh, yes. but she's... Yes, she is. So you're buying them because you I'm have to. I'm buying them because I'm walking out of the house and I think, well, I'm going to go meet Lana Turner. I'll take her some cookies. Right. I'm going to a casting office. I'll take them some cookies. I got to drop by my agent. I got to, you know, drop by my insurance office. You know. Everybody loves Girl Scout cookies. And so I take them out and now I've spent like 80 bucks in cookies. <laughs> and you've supported your kid. That's right. Spreading the love. Yeah, but I, I actually, getting back to the fitness stuff, I haven't had sugar, proper sugar, in like two and a half months now. Wow. I've, that's so disciplined. How do I, you do it? I don't know. I, I, I was, it was, well, I've been through a lot this year, and I was really um, killing the chocolate a lot, like yeah. every day. And I... Just like, you know, I need to knock that off. And so I just sort of stopped. It's very disciplined. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't consider myself disciplined, but I just, I don't know. I've just been trying to see if I can do it. What I, do you have in coffee and tea? Or I don't drink coffee. Wow. Um, tea, I just do it without sugar. I love, wow. I love tea yeah. on its own. So yeah. I, and normally I would do maybe some honey, but I haven't really even been doing that right now. I've just been That's trying. That's very, very disciplined. Good for you. Yeah, just see how I feel. Well, I watched that documentary. There's a documentary, I think it's called Sugar or Sugar Baby. Mm. Um. And it talked about how your, you know, when you eat sugar, it, it spikes your, um, God, I'm going to mess it up, but like I know your you emotional, mean. like physical being. I like, believe that. So I, I do too. And I, I found myself getting really tired in the middle of the day every day and, and using sugar to kind of wake myself up. People do it all the time. I do that all the time. Well, now I'm, I'm trying not to do that. I try to take a nap if I can. Yeah, that's better. If I better. feel super tired, if I could lay my, close my eyes for even like three or four minutes, that is much more effective than sugar. Yeah. And I know, and, and you know, it's cultural too, because his, you know, a lot of cultures siesta in the middle yeah. of the day or just, I mean, but you, I ended up plowing through the day and I'd just eat some sugar, eat some chocolate, whatever it was to just kind of get through it. And then I thought, well, I wonder what'll happen if I just don't eat sugar. Right. And I feel way more energetic. Right. Well, that's so, great. Yeah. Well, the one thing about sugar I know is that the less you eat, the less you crave it. This is true it's too. Definitely. Like now one Girl Scout cookie. Okay. Four thin, okay. Seven Thin Mints. Mm-hmm. And I'm satisfied. Right. Whereas it used to be the sleeve. Yep. But now I can get away with seven. It's weird. Well, the one thing is that I noticed is that when I do eat something sweet, it's way sweeter than it was oh, a few yeah. months ago. Oh, yeah. And if it's like cheap chocolate, like M&M's or Reese Cups, it's really good, but it's just not. No. It's cheap. Well, you know what makes it easy? This is um, easier for me to cut sugar as I don't like soda. Mm, yeah. So that's How good. about Diet Coke? No. Mm. Don't like it. So no. that's really like a I blessing. I do like Diet Coke. I wish I didn't. Everyone does. I know. You want to know what the best thing is, though? <laughs> Somebody made me a steak recently, and they marinated it in Coca-Cola. Yeah. Holy wow. shit, that was good. I have heard that. I haven't tried it, but I've heard that. Oh. I've heard marinating anything in Coke. It was so good. I and just, I don't like Coca-Cola, yeah. but that steak, I could I not know. stop eating that steak. Yeah, I believe that. Coke, Coca-Cola, if, like, if you have a hangover and you want something that is sparkling and sweet and cold coca-cola man that should be their ad campaign coca-cola for a hangover i tell you your motorcycle shot could be the uh the shot for coca-cola free spirit yes yeah see be free yeah well you know honestly one more time to get back to that harley thing harley is constantly 
the, the company, they spent $120 million last year in advertising. I really researched these guys. And part a lot of what Harley does is they lobby in all different states about a no helmet law. Now I'm not saying I believe in that. I'd have no I've no no opinion really. I don't even ride on motorcycles anymore. But the point is that shot again, just showing the freedom of no helmet. I, again I thought they'd go for it. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Anybody out there work for Harley? You yeah. Know, let me know. You need to use this photo. What do you think you'll do? Is there any other like things you want to do to as a fifty year old that's like Yeah, right? Um yeah I no other big things like that. I'm just really busy with my show Storyworthy and trying to get excellent guests and hearing, you know, new stories. When I ask somebody to bring a true story onto my show, they usually bring a damn good story. You know, if you say to somebody, give me your best true story, it's probably going to be pretty good. And so it's a lot of fun. I, I'm naturally very curious. And so that's my favorite thing is sitting down with a guest and, uh, and hearing a new, a new story. Well, you're definitely story-worthy. I've really enjoyed hanging out with you today. Thanks, Lon. I've enjoyed it's it, It's so too. great. Where can people actually download Storyworthy and find you? Well, storyworthypodcast.com, and you can find it at iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I'm at christineblackburn.com. And then all the social media is at Storyworthy. It's awesome. It's so great to hang out with you. Thanks, I, friend. I look forward to getting to know you better over time. I think we're going to be hanging out. I think so, too. And I look forward to having you on Storyworthy. Oh, I, yeah. I know you got a good story. Oh, I I've got wait. several. I know. Yeah. Good. I'll share with you. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to Perfect 10 Podcast. I'm Lana Turner. You can tell 10 people, Perfect 10 Podcast, L-A-H-N-A-T-U-R-N-E-R. I'm online. And thanks so much for listening. Come back next week.